0: Welcome to Australian Women Preach, a podcast that aims to raise women's voices in preaching the gospel. Our intention is to model the church we want to be. Inclusive, diverse and welcoming. Brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church and The Grail in Australia. Trish McCarthy grew up on the coast of New South Wales, which has inspired her love for the gift of creation, learning and adventure. She's completed studies in exercise science, education, theology and spiritual direction. Trish is reflecting on Matthew 17, 1 to 9, the transfiguration for a purpose and a promise.
1: There in their presence, he was transfigured. These words communicated with such certainty and conviction, caused me to pause with anticipation. What happens next, though, could easily lead one to turn their face away and dismiss the account as a dramatic and mystical event too fantastical to be assimilated into one's own life. A face as bright as the sun, dazzling white clothes, historical figures suddenly appearing, a bright cloud and an eerie shadow, a voice from nowhere evoking fear but don't turn your face away too soon. What if there is something here for us? What if transfiguration characterises our very existence and our journey to perfection in Christ Jesus? The movement from existence as a thought in the mind and heart of God to our conception and birth marked with the image of God. The transformations which we experience in the ordinariness of life, which culminate in our own transfiguration and perfection, as we share in Christ's resurrection at the hour of our death. If this is true, we can reason that theophany an encounter and revelation of God and mission are closely linked. This luminous mystery could shed light on the process of our own transfiguration and allow us to intentionally recognise, integrate and incarnate our daily transformations so that we too infused with divine courage, could seek to imitate the paschal mystery of Jesus Christ and live the mission entrusted to us. In John Paul II's apostolic letter on the Most Holy Rosary, he describes the transfiguration as an icon of contemplation. In contemplating Christ's face, we become open to receiving the mystery of Trinitarian life, experiencing ever anew the love of the Father, and delighting in the joy of the Holy Spirit. Here we notice three movements. In the first movement, in the presence of Christ, contemplating Christ's face, my heart, my mind, my soul experiences an opening, an awakening, a receptivity. In the second movement, a fresh outpouring of love transforms me. In the third movement, I go out with infectious joy, the unrivaled mark of the Holy Spirit. Not the joy of emotion, but the presence of someone. John Paul II continues, St. Paul's words can then be applied to us. Beholding the glory of the Lord, we are being changed into his likeness from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. These movements are not unlike our experience of a new day dawning. The earth rotates to turn her face towards the sun, and by degree, she gradually absorbs the sun's light. By degree, she continues to turn towards the sun until, at the peak of the day, she is bathed in full light, in full view of the sun, face to face. Are not my daily transformations the degrees by which I turn my face toward Jesus? The degrees by which I'm being changed into his likeness? The way in which I increase my depth and capacity to receive love itself? The degrees of holiness made possible by my attentiveness to the little things and faithfulness to my vocation over time? Yes, the very substance of my life, my humanity, my vocation is the path of transformation, holiness, sanctification from one degree of glory to another. Until, until I enter into the fullness of glory in Christ Jesus, transfigured and deemed ready for eternal life, when I will see Jesus face to face. This is the promise. But for now... Let me trust and embrace the gradual process of my daily transformations and the infusion of divine courage to live the mission of love entrusted to me. What comes to mind is an experience of living forgiveness. A moment in which an important friendship came to an end. That will be forever in my heart, though the nature of that friendship was changed. It could no longer be as it had been. And this painful reality weighed heavily on me. The process of living forgiveness of myself, the other, God, took years. Before the hurt could be transformed, I had to use all the means available to me as I felt inspired by the Holy Spirit. Time in silence and solitude to acknowledge my pain and let it speak to me. Spiritual reading to allow the Holy Spirit to whisper to me. Meditating on the scriptures and seeing my experience through the heart of Jesus. Creatively expressing my emotions through the work of my hands. Confiding in a wise and trusted friend. The sacrament of reconciliation as I told my story to God. Time with the blessed sacrament to soak in Christ's presence. Exerting myself through physical exercise. Allowing myself to be tenderly held in the deep heart of nature. Journaling to allow the subjective to become objective, to be seen and heard and met with compassion. Through all these means, I carried those three relationships, God, myself and the other, gazing at one and then the other, and sometimes even turning my gaze away so that God could heal at a level that I could not reach on my own. And at the appointed time, I looked once more to realise the transformative power of living forgiveness. As I read the following words in the Catechism, my heart was pierced with a light of truth and revelation under the gaze of the risen Jesus. It is there, in fact, in the depths of the heart, that everything is bound and loosed. It is not in our power not to feel or to forget an offence. But the heart that offers itself to the Holy Spirit turns injury into compassion and purifies the memory in transforming the hurt into intercession. There, in his presence, I was transformed, free again to love, to open my heart, to engage from a place of peace and wholeness, no longer bound by the power of that wound. It too had been transformed into a place of compassion in which others could now take rest and shelter. By the disciples' accounts, the divinity of Jesus was not always recognisable. By degree, his divinity was revealed. His baptism, the wedding at Cana, the Sermon on the Mount, the institution of the Eucharist. Each time he set free, healed, reconciled during his public ministry. Yet John Paul too describes the Transfiguration as the mystery of light par excellence. The glory of the Godhead shines forth from the face of Christ as the Father commands the astonished apostles to listen to him and to prepare to experience with him the agony of the Passion so as to come with him to the joy of the resurrection and a life transfigured by the Holy Spirit. This is a moment of revelation and realisation. And not unlike Jesus, who after his transfiguration was disfigured by the world at the hands of humanity, we too may be called to follow the pattern of the Paschal mystery. But it is always for a purpose and a promise. And so as we close, I invite you now to turn your eyes to Jesus. To contemplate his face and look deeply the gaze of love, to claim your belovedness, an expression of the divine love of the Trinity, to listen to the words spoken over you. I ask that in this moment the weight of the world's demands would fade, that chains would be broken, veils lifted, control surrendered, Fractured hearts healed and sealed with the joy of the Spirit's presence. That the windows to our soul be opened and a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit would flow through, leaving no place untouched. That we would experience anew the glory of the risen Jesus, the one in whom we live and move and have our being, and trusting our whole selves again into God's care and grace. And that we would be strengthened with divine courage to live with passion the mission entrusted to us. And I pray this in Jesus' name through the power of the Holy Spirit.
0: You have been listening to Australian Women Preach, brought to you by WATAC Women and the Australian Church and The Grail in Australia. You can find out more about WATAC at watac.net.au W-A-T-A-C, and The Grail at grailaustralia.org.au. The music in this podcast is from the song Truth from the album Into Silence by songwriter, musician, theologian and teacher Danielle Ann Lynch. You can hear the full version on Spotify.